Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Trey Lance did something he says he'd never done before during the 49ers 28-21 preseason opening win over the Packers last night. John Dickinson and me, Whitey Gleason, with you for another hour on 95.7 The Game. And as you know, J.D., when Trey Lance decided to run the ball early in the game for, what, seven yards and then slid between a couple of defenders, I think he was just short of the first down, he says after the game, and you were probably there when he said it, first time he'd ever done that in his life. A little bit of a surprise. It was. It was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and uh, But it was something that I had bookmarked on my little note sheet as a box that needed to be checked and something that I wanted to see if he was capable of doing. So the fact that he did it and I thought looked pretty good at it, yeah, it made me think maybe he'd practiced it some, but then after the game, he, he really didn't, didn't come <laughs> off like he practiced it all that much either. Yeah. I remember being on the night show and it might've been with you and we were talking to the play by play guy from North Dakota state. And he pointed out, and this was, you know, years year and a half ago whatever it was he said oh yeah he's like a linebacker trey lance will just run people over so you know that's his natural inclination mm. so for him last don't night, want that no no decide all right i mean it shows he's smart and he's learning why do you do that well you want to avoid what happened to zach wilson last night although as we know zach wilson's injury was a non-contact injury we have a few more details this hour on uh, Zach Wilson's injury, um, which is uh, relevant around here, of course, because it could impact potentially what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Although it looks like if you're the Jets now, if you may last night have been thinking, hey, can we get Jimmy? Now it doesn't look like there would be as much interest. Bron Costello of the New York Post reports that Zach Wilson, who was injured last night, non-contact play in uh, the Jets preseason game against the Eagles, he will need to have his meniscus trimmed surgically far quicker recovery timeline than if he needed to have a full repair current belief is that according to pro football talk he will miss two to four weeks after having surgery and that of course could change once the doctors get in there and then they see exactly what they're dealing with it could be worse um, so that could change but i know uh, i thought of this earlier i mentioned this and people on the text line wondering well wait a minute um James Wiseman injured his meniscus, and he was out a long time. This just appears to be, J.D., and I know we talked about this earlier. Um, we're not doctors, but my mom did used to work at a hospital, and my wife works at a hospital, so I think I'm qualified. It's a trimming of the meniscus, so it's not a major repair, which is the main reason why, theoretically, he won't be out as long. Yeah, with the, with the trimming, the, the, the recovery time is shorter, but it's also kind of a shortcut 
procedure as well. There, there are uh, there is more of the potential for there to be problems down the line in terms of maybe soreness and the like. Uh, to where if you go with the full blown repair, it takes a lot longer to recover, but but the knee should should structurally and the meniscus should structurally be in a much better position for for re-injury and the like the the warriors went with the the repair the full repair which meant wiseman was going to miss significantly more time but that was in an attempt to reduce the likelihood of any kind of setbacks in the future once he got fully healthy uh jaron jackson jr whitey was somebody they mentioned earlier that did the the shaving he did the shorter procedure i believe and wound up uh, you know, wound up having some some other issues, and it ended up taking a long time, and he ended up re-injuring it. Mm-hmm. So this would appear to be a crucial week in terms of figuring out what's going to happen with Jimmy G, because we will probably find out this week what the NFL's punishment is for Deshaun Watson, and all signs suggest that the NFL is going to come down hard. The NFL appealing, uh, they're appealing to themselves here. I agree with JD. I think there's a very good chance that Watson is suspended for the entirety of the season. And I think the NFL feels like, all right, if the players union, if they're going to sue us, fine. They're going to take a stand on this. So in that case, uh, the Browns would figure to be back in play. We have the August 30th deadline for the 49ers have to let him go by then if they don't trade him uh, in order to avoid having to pay him the full salary. So I think, JD, the 49ers would love to get something from him. It's kind of funny. Someone mentioned this on the text line. Why do we keep talking about Jimmy? Because it's not going to be that significant of a trade, right? I mean, they're not going to get more back. It's just the symbolism of them finally parting ways with a quarterback who at one time was seen as the man for them. Well, and yeah, I, it, it's a huge deal. And I think they're playing this thing out, Whitey, to to make sure that that they or ensure at least the best opportunity to get anything in return. I think there's been it, it, we're we're kind of caught between why are you talking about it? And I think a lot of 49er fans are even along the line of, well, why hasn't anything been done yet? Yeah. Like why why don't you just cut him? Why don't you just cut him? Well, the reason they're not just cutting him is because there could be a season ending injury to somebody like for a time last night it looked as if Zach Wilson could be in that category and the other part is there could be this situation with Deshaun Watson as they relitigate his punishment and it may move from six games to a year and that could not nobody knows if it necessarily would but it could put the Browns back in play for a trade so the Niners are playing it out to try and give themselves every opportunity to get something for Jimmy which is why they haven't just cut him. I'm so impatient, Whitey. I'm so impatient. Why don't you just cut him and get me Juan Soto and Trey should have been starting last year. They're all the same guy. And Otani. I need Otani. All three. All three of those takes are the same. Are the same guy. <laughs> well, let me just throw this out there. I don't know how you feel about this. We may really disagree on this. I also think, and I know, yeah. It, it, look, Jimmy's going to be gone, and then we can be done with this. I do think if you're the 49ers, you don't want Seattle scooping them up. And I know you feel like, if I understood you correctly, I've heard you talk about this some, Seattle doesn't care. Jimmy can't help them. But if I'm the 49ers, I don't want him going to Seattle before I have to play them in week two. And it's not because I'm scared of Seattle and what Jimmy can do. Just I don't want to give them any potential edge, however slight, if I don't have to. So I think the 49ers would much prefer he go out of division. Yeah, I don't want him in Seattle if I'm the Niners yeah, at all. no. 
And yeah, they they might win seven games, but if they win seven games with Jimmy as opposed to four games without him, I, w- I would rather have him win. You know, one of those games could be against me, and yeah, and I don't want that. So mm-hmm. it it's not that you think yeah Jimmy's going to haunt you, but he may haunt you for one game, and and I'm sure as hell not giving him a month and a half to to become the starter and and come into Levi Stadium for the home opener right. on September the 18th and have right. the potential. Like, like that storyline is just – if I have the ability to control the fact that whether that story – whether that happens or not, that storyline, I'm controlling it, and I'm, and I'm not letting it happen. Yeah, I'm avoiding that if I can. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely avoiding that if I can. And it's not – again, I keep saying this, and someone on the text line says, why are you – there's nothing to be afraid of with the Seahawks. No, it's just if you're the 49ers, and you do have it to a degree within your control, you would like to avoid that. That's all. As for last well, night, yeah, go ahead. They go could ahead. beat you once. They could beat you once, and that and that to me would be that's that's brutal. Like if they beat you once because you let him go there, that's brutal. Yeah, because it's avoidable. So we'll see. Maybe something happens, and again, we'll all be. I think we'll all be relieved when it's over. And it's not like the 49ers are going to get a ton for him. You know, there's going to be at some point breaking news: 49ers trade Garoppolo, and then it's going to be. Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's over with. Maybe they get maybe they get it like a third round pick. Maybe not going to be that significant except the the symbolism of it as they move on to a new quarterback as as they did last night. I thought last year was the start of the Trey Lance era, but last night was the first game where he's your presumptive starter and he played well completing 4 out of 5 passes. And this was cool as well. Trey Lance who threw the touchdown pass to Danny Gray, and that was Danny Gray's first touchdown in the NFL. So Trey Lance made sure that Danny Gray got that football. Very cool. Very cool. And I I, I think that's that's one of the things like that that is just that's one of the it's a subtle thing. But it's a it's a leadership thing, yeah. And it's a it's I, I think David Lombardi of the Athletic. I want to I want to give him credit because I think he just I think I just read it in, in a tweet. Um, and and you no, know, maybe, maybe he started, he writes about co- the culture, and and so it was. Here's how he he related. He said, "What is uh what what's healthy franchise culture?" And he says, "2017, Pierre Garcon retrieves." Mm. Uh, Three first-time touchdown balls of 49ers rookies, including for George Kittle. So some good knowledge there. I don't. I didn't remember that. And then uh, David Lombardi adds in 2021, Kittle pays it forward, retrieving Jawan Jennings' first career touchdown ball. Now 2022, Trey Lance retrieves Brock Purdy's first touchdown ball, and and also uh, you know the Danny Gray ball as well. So yeah, he's got a knack for that. And I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and here's Trey Lance on making sure Danny Gray got that football. I was just fired up for Danny. I was trying to catch him and make sure he didn't punt the ball into the crowd or anything like that. I want to make sure he got that first touchdown ball. I know someone did it for me. George did it for me last year. So I know it's a special one to have. Yeah, and here's a little more Trey Lance talked about uh, game film, what he's seeing now on, on game film. No, I actually didn't, but he was healthy for phase one and two of OTAs and then had a, something going on, so wasn't able to practice for phase three. So training camp was the first time I got live reps with him. But, man, he's, he's done a great job in the meeting rooms, great job, you know, learning from the guys ahead of him also. Yeah, so it looks like maybe there's a little um, little something brewing there. And as you pointed out earlier, J.D., you know about Ayuk and you know about Debo, but in the meantime, while they're 
waiting for the season to start. If Trey Lance can develop any kind of chemistry with a guy like Danny Gray, woo, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 888-957-9570. Tony and Fremont, 95.7 The Game. Tony, I understand you got some strong opinions about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, man, you know, um, I'm just really, it's it's starting to look like the Niners are just got the egg on their face. And um, Jimmy G has done nothing but good for this team, has never said a word. It's kind of funny how all of a sudden now uh, these reports of him being lazy are coming out. I mean, give me a break. If that wasn't just to pump up, uh, like maybe the Rams take a, a hesitant shot, and, you know, not trading for him or him not going to Seattle. I mean, that is so ugly, ugly. And I really honestly hope this comes to bite them back in the future when free agents look and uh, try to resign with this team and, and show how they treated Jimmy during this whole time, man. It, it, it's got to affect somewhere down the line. Um, you know, and, and the, the last thing, too, I hear a lot. All I hear is uh, a lot from you guys and, and from the fans is, oh, well, Jimmy missed uh, uh, Sanders on the bomb in the Super Bowl. Well, last time I checked, Jimmy plays QB, not DB, okay? And so if you remember that game, where was the defense? The, def- the 49ers defense gets off the hook in so many of these games. Never brought up how they uh, let uh, Mahomes just go down the field and throw up a Hail Mary pass on that Super Bowl. Or how the DB last year tar- dropped the dropped the easy interception to go to the Super Bowl, right? We kind of forget that. It's all on Jimmy's back, man. This defense, where was Bosa? Where was Bosa all these times, you know? I mean, give me a break, man. It's time to cut Jimmy. Let him go, man. You're not going to get a first-round pick. It was hilarious. What, last year, a couple years ago, we're going to get a first-round pick for Jimmy. No, you're not. You're not even going to get a fifth or a sixth. Let the man go, okay? You're so, you, you guys say he's, you're not scared of Seattle? <laughs> you're terrified of Seattle. You can't, you don't want Jimmy, but you don't want him to go to Seattle? Give me a break, man. It, it's a joke. The Niners, you, you just don't look good. The front office looks terrible in this situation. Man, let the dude go. Let Jimmy go. Well, as I said, JD, you know, I'm ready to move off of Jimmy. Not everybody is. I I take it. I just it's <laughs> I just the 49ers have tried to do right by Jimmy. It's been an awkward situation. I <laughs> the way they've handled it to this point, I appreciate Tony's views, but I don't think this paints the the 49ers poorly. I don't think it's going to in any way endanger their ability to go after players in the future. I don't think free agents going to go, "You want to give me how much to play on what?" Well, wait, I remember the way you treated Jimmy G. It just makes common sense not to release him now at a time when a team you're playing could scoop him up. It just would be dumb to do that. That it's just that simple. As far as as far as that goes, I think the 49ers organizationally are, are highly enough thought of throughout the league to where this particular situation is not going to have that no. much of an impact. But the other the other part of it is, you, know, I, you don't oh you do want to do right by Jimmy, but you don't do right by Jimmy at the expense of your own competitive balance in any form. In right. any form, even if that means it's one, even if Seattle goes three and fourteen, but you give them the chance for one of those three to be against you in your home opener, and and as far as the not afraid of Seattle thing, the Niners should be afraid of Seattle in the sense that they didn't even beat them last year. And I know Russell Wilson ain't around anymore, but the quickest way for the Niners to be a better than ten and seven team 
uh, the the 10 and 7 team that they were in 2021 beat Seattle a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I'm not taking any opportunity to beat Seattle if I'm the 49ers for granted. I'm doing everything I possibly can to ensure that those two games are are victories because you're going to need those two games if you're going to talk about being an an improved football team. And look, it, it, Jimmy Garoppolo, I I I've said this. I agree with the caller as far as Jimmy Garoppolo getting too much of the blame for the losses. I think a lot of it becomes revisionist history. And sure, there were games where he didn't play well or he was part of the reason that they didn't win. He he was part of the reason. But there were other aspects of, of the team that, that cost them equally. And I've, I've pointed that out. There's a tremendous amount of nuance involved in the conversation. But once the season ends and you don't win, a lot of it all gets jumbled together and, and rewritten as, as revisionist history. What is your best guess then of why at some point Kyle decided he's not the guy? Was it a matter of Trey Lance being available? Look, we got to take advantage of this chance. Was it a matter of Jimmy ghosts us in the offseason? Was it maybe he's always hurt? What's your best guess? Because Kyle kind of explained this to a degree at one point. He actually spoke to it. Um, but what is your best guess here of why Kyle got to the point where he decided, huh, uh, we need to go another way? Availability, first and foremost. They had the 2018 and, and 2020 seasons wrecked by injury. I do think some of the unavailable stuff in the off season that Silver wrote about was, I, I think that's annoying. Like, that's a negative mark. I could see that being something that, not a deal breaker in its own right, but, but something that was filed away in the, in the, in the negative column. I think the fact that, that he didn't get better over his time with the 49ers is part of it. I I also think, though, it was timing in the sense that the year the 49ers had in 2020 also coincided with, hey, there's five quarterbacks at the top of this 21 draft. We're so bad in 20 that we actually can be in position speaking from the 49ers' point of view, to give up some draft capital and go get one of these quarterbacks, be in the mix for one of these quarterbacks. So the timing worked out, hey, got to take advantage of the fact that that it was 6-10 in 2020. And then I think the other part was financial because, and I know I'm giving you a lot here to chew on, Whitey, but I think the last part was the, the financial component of when Jimmy Garoppolo was paid a lot of money, the 49ers didn't have a lot of other big salaries on their roster, and, and as time has gone on and they've won and they've drafted other good players and they've acquired other good players, those players now have to get paid, taking up a greater percentage of the cap. Sure. And so you need the quarterback to take up a, a smaller percentage of of the cap. So I, I think all of those things are the reasons sure. why they, they wound up moving on. And I think one of the keys that you mentioned there, you mentioned obviously a lot of great reasons, and it's not as simple as one thing, but when you said he, he didn't get better, I think Kyle looked at it and felt like, wow, he's just not really getting better, and plus he's not a, as available. He's available less often, and there's too many times when he makes those throws that leave me wondering whether we can throw the ball and the rest of this game or not. And it's time to move off of him. He is a good player. And this was interesting. You could hear this every time Kyle would talk about Jimmy. You could hear as he's trying it. Well, yeah, he's he's good. We can win with him. But bottom line, he clearly felt like um, we need someone better if we're going to maximize our chance to win 
a Super Bowl. And he talked about playing against, Kyle did, talked about playing against Brady in that Super Bowl when the Falcons led 28-3 to and how impressed he was with Brady and how he knew a guy like that can do it. And he never felt like Jimmy was that guy. So I think ultimately that that's what led to this um, decision. And like Jimmy was pretty good, but I, I don't know if they made the right decision. I think they did, but it was a matter of Jimmy has... We've gotten as good as we can be with Jimmy, and we still haven't won anything. Therefore, we need to get better at that position. And to your point, we have a real opportunity here to address that. So let's do it. And here we are. Better, younger, more dynamic, and and the potential for for a greater a greater upside. Yeah. And I think the Niners feel like they have the rest of their team now buttoned up to the point where. They can they can bring him along this year and still win while developing him into something great for the years to come. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Sam in Danville, ninety five seven. The game. How are you, Sam? Hey guys, I uh, just want to comment on on Tony uh, his remarks. I actually couldn't agree, but uh, disagree more. Actually, I apologize. Disagree. Um, first, I, I don't think that anybody in the current organization or coaches would leak negative information on Jimmy, seeing that they're trying to trade him and they've done everything they can to try to keep his value high and make him out to look really good. Um, so it doesn't make real sense the front office would leak something negative if they're still trying to hold on to him and wait until the last possible minute to release him and try to have a trade for him, right? So I don't that doesn't make sense, right? From a, from a business point of view, right? So first of all, I don't agree that it's a front office thing. It must have been a leak from a former coach. I think Silver mentioned it was from a coach. My 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 guess is it's the former quarterback coach who's hmm. a little disgruntled, mm-hmm. um, probably because the Niners moved past them. That's my guess. Uh, second, uh, this is the NFL. Like The quarterbacks are always going to get blame, rightfully so, uh, when things are great, and then also blame, you know, too, too much, too much credit when they're doing really, really, when, it, when a team's winning, right? So, that, that's the quarterback position. That's the nature of it. I mean, nobody's talking about Bosa winning or losing a game. I mean, it's typically always on the quarterback and the coach, right? So I, I don't think that that's that, – I think that's a side spare, any type of negative assessment on Jimmy. Um, also, Bosa, they, um, and that play in the Super Bowl, definitely um, the defense, there was a, there was a huge hold there um, in the Super Bowl against KC. Uh, they wrapped their arm from Bosa at – in order to stop him from sacking on that that Hail Mary place talking about I think it's like a third and twenty five where they got the first down. So you can't really blame Bosa when he's, you know, basically being has an arm wrapped around his neck, but they didn't call the hold on that. And so Jimmy, when the time was to win the championship, you're going down the field, marching down Joe, all the great ones, they made the plays. Jimmy did it. In the NFC championship game last year, Jimmy did it. And that's the difference, right? And so that's all I have and uh, thanks guys for uh for your show. It's uh very informative. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. Yeah, bottom line is after that, the 49ers still have a chance. After that Super Bowl, they could have gotten Tom Brady. Of course, they didn't know if Tom mm. Brady was almost done, and they didn't. And they decided, no, we're sticking mm. we're, we're sticking uh, with Jimmy. But it's a good point also about Bosa. Tony asked, where was Bosa? Bosa had two guys with their arms wrapped around his neck. So that's, that's where he was on that play, J.D., as you well know. Yeah. You were there. You were there for that game. I was I was at the what Hard Rock Stadium yeah. in uh, in Miami Gardens on February the second two thousand twenty uh, when all of that went down. Uh, man, you you hit me with the Tom Brady 
with the because because Tom Brady and I I know we've talked about this and we're up against the the final timeout here of the program, but man, like they had an opportunity to get Tom Brady supposedly wanted to come, but Tom Brady at that point did look washed. Yeah, like I never thought Tom Brady looked washed. I thought he looked washed at the end of that 2019 season with with New England. Mm-hmm. And I know it well. He uh, wasn't. The counter to that was was receivers weren't great, but you really couldn't blame the 49ers at that point for sticking uh, with Jimmy G. Coming up Physically, next, he looked washed. Yes. Physically. He I did. Thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, coming up next, this 49ers season will be a successful one if what? Where Where's the bar for you? What is your standard? That's next as we head down the home stretch. John Dickinson and me, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Like to begin our final segment with a couple of text of the day nominees here. It's Whitey Gleason, and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Thank you for being with us. Uh, with you for another half hour or so on the text line. Text of the day nominee, J.D., from the 510. 
As long as the Niners don't start platooning players, they will be fine in free agency. You like that? Huh? You like that? We like that? <laughs> okay. That is a text of the day winner. But we can have more than one winner from the 415. Love you, JD. Still warming up to Whitey Gleason. Uh, that is also a text of the day nominee because they love you. That's great. And I still got a chance. I'm, st- I'm still in the run in there. So still warming up to me. I've heard worse. Uh, appreciate that and appreciate all the all the uh, feedback today. By the way, someone else is uh, kind of joking. Hey, what about uh, Tatis Jr.? Can we talk about that? Um, before we get back to the 49ers, J.D., I would like to talk about that. I'd love to know what you think of that. I think it's terrible for, it's bad for the Padres, although they were not going to be competing with the Dodgers even if they got Tatis. Uh, but I think it's bad for baseball because Fernando Tatis Jr., El Nino, one of the young faces of the game, an exciting player, and then you find out, oh, it, it ain't real. And you even have his own GM saying, well, you know, they didn't exactly back him up. The team said, well, we, you know, we've had some trust issues here now for about eight months. So we got to figure that out. So uh, it's just, it's so sad uh, to see a player continue to make the mistakes that he has made when he was just sky high at the end of last year and was one of the game's brightest, brightest stars. Bad for the Padres. I'm with you. It's even worse for baseball just because he's so much fun to watch and, and so dynamic. And, and there was this great anticipation as to what he would bring to a, a revamped and pretty loaded Padres squad as they try to get one of those wild card spots and and enter the postseason and, and have the potential to to do something special. Regardless of what their ceiling is, they were a fun team to watch and they were becoming an even more fun team to yeah. watch and he was going to be a big part of it. The, the other big picture part of it is that now his entire career, he's such a young player and he's got the big deal, but his entire career, I feel like, in today's day and age, is always going to be tarnished. Like yeah. No matter how good he is, people are always going to wonder if maybe he's doing something illegal that he's getting away with, or maybe, maybe it is somewhat of of uh, an, an illusion or, or done behind a, a false premise. So I, yeah. I think it's unfortunate because he's so young now and so talented, and we're always just going to look at it like like maybe it's not real. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And one more thing about baseball, because I think you and I love baseball, and we're going to get back to football. You know, thank goodness football's here. But I'm rooting for baseball. And last year, baseball had that game in the cornfield thing. And I wasn't crazy about it, but people loved it. And you had the Yankees and the White Sox last year. So we'll do the cornfield thing again. And maybe there were scheduling difficulties because of the lockout, whatever. But they're all right. We'll do the cornfield thing again. All right, who's gonna play? The Cubs and the Reds. You, you gotta be kidding me. Why would anyone want to watch that? Understand ratings were way down, JD. Yeah, you think? Small wonder that people didn't want to watch the stinking Cubs and the Reds. And then that Harry Carey virtual thing. I get it. Oh, I I almost want to throw up every time I think of that. It was creepy and it was wrong. What a what a fumble job. Total botch job by MLB following up on something that last year was actually somewhat successful for them. They're idiots. Well, it was awesome last year, I think, in part because it was the first time, but also because the game was terrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a back-and-forth game with a walk-off home run by Tim Anderson yeah. of the of the White Sox. And, and the Yankees had blown a lead after I think they had come back in a game to take a lead, and it was just a terrific game. 
I think they were looking for Midwest teams. I mean, is that is that what the I know the Yankees aren't Midwest, but they're you know, but the White Sox obviously are, the Cubs are, the Reds are. How about the Cardinals, so, right? I mean, if if that's the case, and I think you must be right, but how about some teams that actually were going to be halfway decent this year, like the freaking Cardinals and some the Reds and the Cubs? Oh, it was awful. Yes, yeah, brutal, and only exacerbated by the fact that that both of those teams are are having awful years. I think people thought the Reds might be good. I don't know that anybody thought the Cubs were going to be good, but I think they were. Yeah, I think they were also looking for old timey brands. Yeah, yeah you have the well, and I mean the Yankees right. obviously. Are, the Yankees are the number one brand in, in baseball, so they put them in there last year. The White Sox, it, it made sense, obviously, because of the movie, um, to put the White Sox in the, mm-hmm. in the first one. But then I think you, you, you look at the Cubs and the Reds, and the Cubs and the Reds are two of the older franchises. So I, I think maybe they were looking for some of those you know, 19 teens era jerseys and teams that could wear them well. Midwest and taking a division game may be part of it. That makes it a little bit easier, and then and then you go from there. So that that's the only explanation. It's not a very good one. I, I don't even accept my own explanation, but I'm I'm trying to at least play devil's advocate and think of how they thought of what it would be. Yeah. How about the Giants and Dodgers next year? Why get get the Giants and Dodgers in there? That'll that'll make it fun at least something. for us. Yeah, yeah. Or the Cardinals and Dodgers or or something. No, you you may be right. I mean, there was a reason it couldn't have been a good one because it was stupid, but they must have had some reason. There must have been something they were thinking. Maybe you were right. Uh from the 510, if he's smart, Tatis will take the pettit approach and say he used something to help him get back on the field quicker. I would almost guarantee you that happens. And it'll come not from the Padres but from Tatis's camp that he just wanted to, you know, he's been out all year and the team made these trades and he just wanted to get back on the field quicker. Of course, he probably failed the test months ago, but I would almost guarantee we will hear that at some point. 888-9579. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, did you did you see the statement that that he did release? Did he have ringworm? Yeah, that he had ringworm yeah. and he he inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that had this substance uh cloestabol. And and so, you know, he said he should have known, obviously, and all of that. But then I, I did see somebody, I saw somebody repute that and say, well, wait a minute, like maybe he had confused that with another substance that, that was used for ringworm. And, and it was a very similar sounding name. Oh, okay. And that maybe, the, maybe the two were confused. Maybe. And so... Yeah, I. Who knows? But either way, it's a it's a bad, bad, bad situation. Yeah, I take my cue from the GM. Because remember, was it Guillermo Mota years ago with the Giants, and he got popped, and he said there was a cough medicine, and I'm sorry, it was for my kid, and our, I I can't remember. Anyway, he said took the cough medicine, and it had this the substance in it. And, you know, I, like everyone else, kind of rolled my eyes. And that was right around the same time that Melky Cabrera got popped. And the Giants were really, really upset with Melky. But they ended up deciding Guillermo Mota was telling the truth. I think that was 10 years ago. Do you remember that, J.D.? So I always leave a little bit of wiggle room there. But when the GM of the Padres says, yeah, we got some trust issues, I'm going to take his lead. If he's not leaving that door open, I certainly am not going to leave it open. Right, I think that's I think that's well said. But uh, all told, it's a it's just a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer because I was really looking forward to, 
I was looking forward to watching the Padres, and and you know they probably don't win the World Series this year, but I think they were going to be a tough out, and and they've been a fun watch this year. I think Bob Melvin going down there has helped them clean up their act a little bit. They revamped a lot of their team, and and they've been, I think, in many ways, Whitey, everything that Giants fans wish their team was. In some ways, no question. Boy, Giants had their chances against that team this week too, and they let them off the hook. 888-957-9570. Vince in San Jose on 95.7 The Game. How are you, Vince? Hey, good to talk to you guys. What's up? Um, I think, so this Tatis situation is a super bad look, especially considering the fact that his first injury was completely non-baseball related. You know, he fell off a motorcycle, which can happen to everyone, but if you're sporting those big-time contracts, which he duly deserves, if we're going to find out if he deserves it in the near future because of all the substance issues. But I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated with that Padres lineup. I had, a, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine a couple weeks ago, and he says, you know, we're diehard Giants fans. Well, we're Giants fans, but you get to watch greatness. That's what Juan Soto is. It's greatness. Now we're going to find out if Fernando Tatis has not very great integrity. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good point you raise about his uh, broken wrist where he fell off a motorcycle and somebody asked him in spring training, a writer asked, uh, when was the motorcycle accident? And he said, which one? So, yeah, 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 not, yeah. not, the, most reliable, some, not the most reliable player. There, there's some, there's some issues there, yeah. clearly. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, and let's be honest, I think part of it is being so talented, and I think, I think part of it is also maybe growing up around the game, a little bit and and you know just being a little bit looser with, yeah. with the rules and believing you know and his his dad grew up his dad was right in the middle of that oh yeah that that substance era mm-hmm. and so you know I, I don't know sometimes growing up where you're you're in a situation like that where your your family is successful you you don't pay attention to maybe some of the details that you need to pay attention to because you're just so talented and everything is just just kind of kind of handed to you in a way and and you can get carried away with with reality one thing i learned during the steroid era in baseball especially was if something is too good to be true in sports then it probably isn't and i had kind of forgotten about that and that's what you know fernando tatis last year what do you have 42 homers in 130 games or something and I was reminded of that. It's like, yeah, well, I guess, as, you know, as amazing as he was, too good to be true. Maybe that means uh, it wasn't. Kind of jaded, but that's not my fault. That's the fault of all the players that use steroids when they say, no, we're not doing anything. That's their fault. 888-957-9570. Anyway, uh, JD, we'll wrap it up here with uh, the 49ers for them to have a successful season this year. And, of course, that always hinges on how it happens and what happens, and you never know. But how far do they have to get? What do they have to accomplish this year, in your opinion, from where we are now, for you to say, boom, successful season? Make the playoffs win 10 games. You do both of those things, I I think it's a successful season, given a quarterback in year two that's as inexperienced as Trey Lance is coming into it. And Some may say low bar. But that's what it is for me. You make the play- hell, even if you make the playoffs and you only got to be nine and eight, uh, I'd probably consider that a, a successful season. But yeah, price of admission, get in the playoffs. To each his own. My bar is higher. It's not to say I'm not saying you're wrong because, like we say, we each have our own standards. To me, given that last year up and down, and they still found their way into the conference championship game, I think 
that's where the bar is. I and I know it's really high, mm. and maybe it's not fair. I think you got to get back to the conference championship game wow. because where Kyle Shanahan has been with his team, they got to a Super Bowl, stumbled again, and then you know they were on that mission during the year when we didn't have anybody in the stadium, and we know that they were beset by injuries, and okay, it just wasn't to be. But then last year, you're back, and for all the problems you had, you get back to the conference championship game. The windows don't stay open for very long in the NFL for so many reasons because careers don't last as long. So to me, everything should be synced up to the point here where you get back to a conference championship game. Obviously, you know, if they if they have a lot of injuries and they still get into the postseason and they lose a heartbreaker, things would change. But from where I, I see it right now, I think you got to get back to a conference championship game for this to be a successful season. So does that mean it's a failure if they are short of that? Let's say 10 and 7, wild card team, go into the playoffs, play I don't know, pick a team, Tampa Bay at, at Tampa and and they lose in the opening weekend. Yes. Yeah, and I know that failure. You know, yes. Um wow. you came up short this year because of the way your defense is put together. Again, I know that there's a million ways that could happen, but for this team to lose in the first round of the playoffs, to me, I would feel like that is a disappointment, that is a failure, and I think that's the way most fans would feel. I don't know. I mean, you're taking a very reasonable view, and I understand that, but you only get so many chances at this, and you only only get so many chances with these core players. Uh, and you got some really good ones. So I know, Trey, it's not fair to expect a lot of him, but this is the way this thing was put together. you got to get at least to the conference championship game. Because supposedly, and I know this is really unfair, but this is a standard they set, this franchise is about winning Super Bowls. Well, I, I think that is the risk that you run when you move to Trey Lance for for this season in particular and it's and it's and I'm going a little bit outside the box here with this sure. it's it's well he may be you know good enough to help you get to a certain point this year and you're hoping that the development this year even if you don't make it as far helps you in future years to where he's so good that that he automatically allows your team to reach a certain level just in in many ways based on him but then you do run the risk of, to your point about not having a bunch of chances, you run the risk of, well, what if something happens? Now, you know, what if you come back next year and next year's go time, and then maybe next year he gets hurt or somebody else gets hurt, and then it's like, well, that year was a wash. And then you're in 2024, yeah. and you still haven't quite done anything, and now maybe your core, suddenly life comes at you fast in the NFL, seems a little bit older, and you're already to that point where you need him to dominate just to be competitive. Like, that day is coming fast. So to, to your point, I, I do think... There are, let's say, like they're they are very well set up for the next, I think, three years. I agree. In particular, totally agree. This year and the following two. But if you can't get it this year, and either one of those next two go awry for some unforeseen circumstances, then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you're looking up and it's it's 2025, and maybe you haven't you haven't gotten as far as you did in 19 or in 21. The one thing that I would um, quibble with here, if Kyle Shanahan said, what do you think of the team? Where, where do you think our weak spots are? And we know, as we discussed, the offensive line, there's some issues there, potentially. Maybe they sort them out. And the quarterback is inexperienced, and you never know about injuries. But the backup quarterback, if this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations and you have a backup quarterback um, backing up a guy who is young, inexperienced, who is going to run the ball a lot behind 
a potentially leaky offensive line. So you would think there's a greater chance Trey has hurt at some point than there would be with other circumstances. And you've got a guy who's never started a game. I mean, again, I, I, I saw it last night. You could see Nate Sudfeld's familiarity with scheme and you understand why the coaches uh, feel comfortable with him. But I think that's a bigger risk than they need to take. At this point, it's too late. The die is cast. But to have a backup for a team, backup quarterback for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, a guy who's never started a game, um, I say, all right, fingers crossed. Good luck to you there. I think that's a bigger risk than they really need to take. Well, and I think they're subscribing to the theory that a lot of people subscribe to, Whitey, which is if, you're, if your number one quarterback gets hurt, you're screwed anyway. And yeah. it doesn't really matter who the backup quarterback is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't mm-hmm. you think that's the, that's the thought? And they've been in that mode before, obviously, uh, in 2019 and two, two, really 2018, 19, and 20, they were in that mode, and it, and it bit them two out of the three years. From the, uh, is this the 510? Pardon me. Yeah, being okay to just make the playoffs, it's like watching the athletics. <laughs> Not anymore, it's not. Boy, those were the days, huh? Uh, 888-957-9570. Dave in Pleasanton. Dave, you're wrapping up the show for us. What do you got here on this season and what would constitute a successful season? Hey, what would constitute a successful season Yeah, is showing that the quarterback is the future of our team. Because, look, I know half of the fans want to say that, hey, we'll, we'll win with Jimmy. Yeah, we will. But for some reason, we could never get over the hump with Jimmy, and that's where it's going to be every season. So it's not a risk. I just want to see the, the future of the quarterback of the 49ers. I want to see him, and I want to know that that's him for 10 years. I'm sick of going to the Super Bowl and losing. I'm spoiled, and I got the 5-5, five and five, right? I know you guys did too. So I'm sick of losing the Super Bowl. That's all I got, guys. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you, Dave. That is a good point. If you could come out of the season feeling like, for better or worse, you've got a quarterback that you feel really good about going forward, uh, you could hang your helmet on that, J.D. Bar's a little low for me, but I understand where he's coming from. You can. The the one part, though, that I, I just hope 49er fans don't, aren't getting it twisted because I, you get a lot of this, well, Jimmy didn't come through in the biggest games in the biggest moments, and and that's fair to say. But to automatically think that Trey Lance is going to be good enough in the same ways Jimmy was to to help them get to those positions where he get he can show if he's better. Like you have to get to the championship game in the Super Bowl before Trey Lance will even have an opportunity to show whether he's better than Jimmy in the championship game or the Super Bowl. So, and I think there are there are too many Forty Nine er fans, Whitey, that are are assuming that. Trey Lance is just automatically going to be good enough to do all the price of admission things Jimmy Garoppolo did to get them into the position to where he could be better in the so-called big moments where Garoppolo wasn't that that uh, that were their their ultimate demise. No, it's a good point. I mean, fans going to fan. You know it better than I do. A lot of Warrior fans just assuming that some of the young players are going to be not good players, but great players, right? And they may. We hear it a lot. Like yeah. we hear it a lot with the nine with the with the Warriors for sure, but with the Niners, it's like, well, Jimmy couldn't get it done in the in the big games. It's like, well, you you better be it. If if you don't even make it to those big games, then what does that you know? Then what does that say? Mm-hmm. But I think what it boils down to. It's an oversimplification to a degree, but still, this is what it comes down to. Last night, 
uh, Trey Lance to Danny Gray. That was something that, <laughs> no matter what Kyle said last night, how he tried to frame it, that wasn't what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could do. So that's what you've got now, a quarterback who can do that. Let's just hope he can do everything else that, as you say, that Jimmy did that a lot of people took for granted around here. Yeah. No, I think I think that's it. And, and I think so far, a good start, Whitey, a good start in the preseason and a start that I think washes away a little bit of the inconsistency from training camp. I'm less concerned about some of the bad things I saw in training camp based on the way that he performed in the 11 plays last night. Good job, Cam. Thanks very much, J.D. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure being with you. I appreciate it and look forward to our next time together on the radio, sir. Sounds good. Yeah, stick around. Devone and Shamari are next right here on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 